Ah, hello. Welcome back to Adding Value, the podcast, episode number 21, How Did We Get to Centralization? The Empire is Centralized. If you're looking for a model of centralization, you need look no further than Star Wars. Emperor Palpatine runs a tight ship. There is a clear hierarchy and command structure. The goals and decisions are set by the Emperor. Implementation is managed by the Moffs, enforced by Darth Vader, and carried out by the Stormtroopers. Communication goes one direction. Due to this centralized structure, they were able to build the first Death Star, a feat of architecture and design, in 20 years, and it took them only four years to build its replacement. Vertical integration from the mines to the manufacturing sites to the final product was planned and implemented from the top down. There were no RFPs or MTAs or contract negotiations, no design committees, no mines competing for funding, no manufacturing sites competing for workforce talent. Now that is efficiency. Sorry, where was I? Right, centralization. When our reward systems prioritize efficiency, centralization is the natural result. The United States, the country I am writing this from, is generally a strong proponent of capitalism. I don't think I need a whole lot of citations for that premise. Much of the world implements capitalist economic structures in some form or another. Of course, the opposite of capitalism is communism. Socialism resides somewhere in the middle depending on how your political ideology defines it. Companies, aka the means of production, own equipment, purchase raw materials, and employ labor. The equipment and labor are used to transform the raw materials into finished goods, then the company sells the finished goods. The difference between the price received for the finished goods, revenue, and the cost to operate the business, expense, is profit. On one hand, and admittedly extremely and overly simplified, capitalism suggests that the means of production should be privately owned and the capture of profits should go to the owners. The owners acquire the means of production through the investment of capital, either in cash or through their own labor. The profits are the owner's reward for risking this investment. On the other hand, communism suggests that the means of production should be state-owned, or if we want to be more theoretical, should be commonly owned. The profits are thus captured by the commons. There has been much hand-wringing over what happens with the commonly captured profits. In general, we like capitalism because Adam Smith's invisible hands make for efficient markets or something. We, red-blooded Americans, dislike communism because the state is wasteful and really bad at running the means of production. Thus, the central through-line of capitalism is efficiency, doing more with less, or, stated differently, achieving a result with minimal waste. In this case, we don't necessarily mean waste as in trash or garbage, though more on that eventually but in the sense of use carelessly or to no purpose, to squander. A wasted opportunity. 
To just connect the dots for a second, minimizing waste necessarily increases profits, even if revenues, price received, don't change. Owners like profits as the reward for their risk-taking. More profits are better than less profits. Quote, for the longest time, most of what has been taught on economies, markets, and businesses has rested on a handful of closely related grand theories. One example would be the central idea in capitalism, division of labor. In short, it can be defined as the separation of tasks in an economic system or organization to enable specialization and ultimately maximize profits, not least through increased efficiency. J.P. Castlin, Theories and Practice, February 2023. We can see division of labor as one form of centralization. Similarly, we can see vertical integration as a form of division of labor, but more about that some other day. Let's look at our wool clothing supply chain for a second. And here I have the Duckworth supply chain map that I've shown in numerous other uh, numerous other posts. The order here is roughly grow, shear, sort, scour, spin, dye, weave, garment production, distribution, and retail. If I, an owner, want to maximize profits, then my goal is to minimize waste. Again, not environmental waste, but corporate waste, squandering. If I have limited capital, we all have limited capital, should I put it to doing multiple steps or should I put it to doing one step? Well, there's a lot of complicated math to answer that question, but basically, I'm going to do one step. I can make more profit specializing in one thing, for example, spinning, than in trying to do more than one thing, for example, spinning, dyeing, and weaving. Why? Because for the same amount of capital, I can either A, buy one big spinning machine and hire three spinning specialists, or B, buy three small pieces of equipment and hire three generalists or one specialist in each subject, but then we're just specializing at a smaller scale. The former will always be more profitable than the latter. Why? Largely a concept called economies of scale, which is a bit of a golden rule in manufacturing. Economies of scale says that the marginal cost of the bigger machine is always lower than the marginal gains in output. Quote, the advantage arises due to the inverse relationship between the per unit fixed cost and the quantity produced. The greater the quantity of output produced, the lower the per unit fixed cost. Economies of scale also result in a fall in average variable cost, average non-fixed cost, with an increase in output. This is brought about by operational efficiencies and synergies as a result of an increase in the scale of production. End quote. Corporate Finance Institute, Economies of Scale. In other words, a machine that can produce 100 widgets at once is never 10 times more expensive than a machine that produces 10 widgets 10 times. The question is whether the owner has capital and demand for the 100-widget machine. 
So we have a theory that says capitalism relies on efficiency, which is best achieved through division of labor, labor which, it, which itself is maximized by economies of scale. Capitalism demands we build the Death Star. Where was I? Right. Centralization. This is already getting long enough, but I just want to finish with some thoughts. First, do not misunderstand me. I am not arguing in favor of communism. I'm not even arguing against capitalism. I love capitalism. I am a private owner who wants to maximize profits. But where this is going to where this is going is to show that what we've built and the way we've built it is not sustainable in a global sense. The first two articles in this series have been showing the current state of things and how we got here. Unstated are assumptions that we can see in the economics even if we haven't given over a thousand words to them. For example, the assumption that consumers only care about price, so downward price pressure from consumers demand economies of scale to reduce per unit prices. The rise of fast fashion and CAFOs are the objective evidence of the truth of this assumption. Another unstated assumption is that the company's profit-seeking activity has no externalities, or at least those externalities are not something that should concern the company. In other words, most of this analysis has been through the viewpoint of the company and the incentives to the owner, either private or state, but we know that there are other stakeholders that have been almost completely left out of this analysis. Future articles will challenge both of these assumptions. Until then, see you later and thanks for listening.